I'm Malika Bilal, and this is The Take. We're doing something a little bit different today, and for the next three episodes. We're here to meet a businessman, a businessman who may have agreed to become a prospective ambassador. A few months ago, Al Jazeera launched a new podcast. It digs into the reporting coming out of the network's investigative unit. And we're going to share the first series with you. It's called Diplomats for Sale. It's an investigation in four parts. The unit went undercover, hidden microphones, the whole thing, to figure out how ambassadorships and the highly coveted diplomatic passports that go with them are bought and sold. It's fascinating and kind of frightening. So with that, I'll hand it off to Al Jazeera's Kevin Hurton and Deb Davies. Here it is, Al Jazeera Investigates. A few years ago, there was this huge scandal at the UN. It involved this Macau Chinese billionaire. He was accused of bribing the president of the UN General Assembly. Gave him like $500,000, and in exchange, they wanted to build a UN conference center in Macau. Everybody got arrested, and the president of the UN General Assembly ended up getting crushed to death by his own barbells at his home gym, and nobody knows what happened there. But of all the crazy details, there was this one small thing that jumped out to me. You find that as an investigator, it's often small, minor details in unrelated stories that get you going. This billionaire, the Macau billionaire charged with the bribe, he had a diplomatic passport from the Commonwealth of Dominica. It's a small Caribbean country that most people have never even heard of. And I just kept thinking, how in the world could a billionaire Chinese businessman from Macau also be an ambassador to another country? It didn't make sense. It turns out these diplomatic passport stories... Well, they're a lot more common than you might think. Kevin came across this story, I think, spring of 2018. I started to come across the sale of passports. My name is Kevin Hurton. I'm an investigative producer with Al Jazeera's investigations team based here in D.C. My name's Deborah Davis. As you can probably hear, I'm a Brit. I'm an investigative reporter with a team in London. This is Al Jazeera Investigates. Welcome to our first series, Diplomats for Sale. It's a story in four parts. This is part one. Let's get started. Back in the spring, Kevin and I were crossing the street in the Philippines. Pretty hot out here. The heat in Manila really hits you, doesn't it? It was a well-to-do area of the capital, Manila. Lots of shopping malls, lots of people enjoying themselves. But we were on our way to a crucial meeting. Well, the reason we're here in Makati is we're here to meet a businessman. A businessman who may have agreed to become a prospective ambassador. One of the hardest things in an investigation like this is to find the people who are willing to go undercover. So we're going to need to put this through security. We were about to meet with a businessman who was willing to do that to see if he could buy a diplomatic passport from a Caribbean country, most likely Dominica or Grenada. We knew it was something that had already happened, so what we wanted to know was how. 
All we knew for sure was it's a secret system that only the rich and powerful seem to have access to. So what we want to see is whether he will say, make me an ambassador and I'll bring an investment. And they will say, okay, but the price for us giving you a diplomatic passport is, and we think the going rate at the moment is about a quarter of a million dollars. A quarter of a million dollars. That's what our sources are telling us. And there's no transparency, there's no accountability, and the allegation is that that money goes right into the pockets of politicians to either enrich them personally or to fund the elections that actually keep them in power. And the fact that you can purchase an ambassadorship to a country that's not your own, that seemed to be in direct breach of the rules that govern who should be a diplomat. And it's, it's potentially dangerous if it's a way for criminals to buy themselves diplomatic immunity. So Deb and I set out to find out what was actually happening and expose how it actually works. It didn't take us long to realize we couldn't understand the buying and selling of diplomatic passports without first understanding the market it's grown out of, the perfectly legal sale of ordinary passports. Our investigation in diplomats for sale quickly brought us to citizenship for sale. And for countries like Grenada, Dominica, Antigua, it's a brisk business. And of course, the passport comes with citizenship. If you haven't heard of selling citizenship, it might sound a little strange, but it's actually pretty common. It's been going on for a while. It's a multi-billion dollar industry. And it's not hard to see why. If you're from Iran or you're from Pakistan or somewhere where you need a visa to go anywhere, suddenly all you have to do is pay, you know, $200,000 towards, say, a hotel project, and you get visa-free access to the rest of the world, that's an incredibly appealing prospect. A lot of countries sell citizenship in exchange for investment in their economy. My home country, the UK, does something very similar. Extremely rich people willing to invest can get visas. It's not totally unique to these Caribbean countries, but... um, The difference is the desperately poor countries. The small Caribbean states who rely on tourism, a little bit of of agriculture, this is a whole new way of bringing in foreign money. Are you looking for a second citizenship? Then you've come to the right place. In 2013, the government of Grenada introduced the Citizenship by Investment Program. St. Kitts and Nevis Citizenship by Investment Program has become the best program for families if combined with governmental-approved real estate investment. You invest in a country and you become a citizen of that country. Citizenship by Investment, CBI. What I didn't know was that a huge portion of some of these countries' budgets are now through passport sales. CBI Passports has become a massive influx of money. We've checked the budgets for some of the countries and for Grenada, for example. They get $130 million. That's at least 15% of their revenue from passport sales. You can see why passport sales have become so important to the politicians. Some of these countries have huge swaths of population that are all from all over the Middle East, all over Africa, all over Asia. The people who live on the islands don't know who their fellow citizens are. Or if they do, they have to trust their government that they did proper due diligence, that they're not letting people who have criminal records or money launderers or whatever become part of their uh, their country. And one of the things that compounds the problems is is a lot of corruption. Mm-hmm. 
So let's take Grenada for an example. This is how CBI passports are supposed to work. It starts with foreigners, people who want, in this instance, Grenadian citizenship. Sometimes it's an individual or a family. And you can invest in property, or you can invest in one of the many government development projects that qualifies for CBI. And in return for your investment, you get a Grenadian passport. And remember, Grenada wouldn't be getting this kind of investment otherwise. So it's a big deal to get this kind of money coming in. We'll introduce you to someone who can explain this a whole lot better than I can. His name is Leo Ford. I like to create companies, and I like to hand them off to management. And you've done that all over the Caribbean. Why? why He's an American businessman from Boston, fled the cold years ago. Get my sunglasses. He's been living around the tropics for 20 to 30 years doing business. And when we met him, he was wearing this colorful blazer, and he had his hat on, and he was clearly enjoying the warm, tropical air. However, I focus on the Caribbean because I love the Caribbean. I love to fish. I love the beaches. I love the lifestyle. Uh, the only problem with the Caribbean is the fact that the corruption is so hard to try and do business in the Caribbean. It doesn't make, it doesn't make sense. There have been a lot of projects funded by passport sales that have been hugely successful, but there have also been some spectacular failures. And that's how we got in touch with Leo. And Leo Ford was the man who was promising Grenada tanks full of organic shrimp for export. The Grenada operation, we were going to uh, grow Pacific white leg shrimp. It was all about a shrimp farm, one of the government-approved projects that qualifies investors for a passport and citizenship and would have brought a lot of cash into Grenada. Growth would be three to six months, no chemicals, no antibiotics. Where would the shrimp then go? right into the U.S. We were going to go right into the U.S. markets. They were going to sink big concrete tanks into the ground, and they would grow shrimp. So we would have employed 100 folks in the area that had the highest unemployment rate on the island, and we were putting the project there specifically to help those people. My job was build-out and then the operations. So Leo was doing the build-out, and someone else was in charge of raising the money. His name is Soren Daudi. He's Swedish, he lives in Canada, and has an office in the United Arab Emirates. Dawadi was responsible for doing all the, uh, the investor side, all the CBI, because the way we were funding this is by raising money through CBI. Soren Daudi was the money guy. He was the one raising the funds, literally traveling around the world to find people willing to invest in a shrimp farm in exchange for Grenadian citizenship. And this project got a lot of publicity because of the timing shortly before a general election. This was announced at the highest possible levels. You had the prime minister. At this time, I'd like to invite to the podium the prime minister of Grenada, Dr. the Right Honorable Keith Mitchell. Welcome, sir. So I am particularly happy this afternoon to witness this. Keith Mitchell, Dr. Keith Mitchell, he looks like he's beaming when he's making this announcement proud of what we've seen here this afternoon and uh, look forward to see this project take off in every sense. Talking about how this is a sea change moment. It was going to give people jobs, you know, buildings full of shrimp with trucks buzzing back and forth, the poorest part of Grenada, and it was going to totally transform the economy. And this was all being financed through CBI. So wealthy foreigners put in something like 325000 with the dream of Grenadian passports and Grenadian citizenship. And we've seen the internal documents on this project. As of February 2018, 
55 completed citizenship by investment cases. So, you know, 55 applicants paying money for the shrimp farm. I mean, you do the math, right? All right, we'll do the math. That's nearly $18 million that they've raised to build this organic shrimp farm. They got the money. The investors, they don't really care if their money's going into shrimps, hotels, or anything else. Obviously, they're hoping for a profit from their investment. That's not always guaranteed, but at least they get the passport. Remember that groundbreaking ceremony? Leo Ford was there, and he pulled the prime minister aside. The PM, as we were walking out of that, I, I had a private moment where I said, you know, the, uh, I'll, deliver, I'll deliver this. We'll have shrimp this year. You know, assuming you give me all those approvals on time to build. And that's when he said, well, you know, campaign contributions, the election's coming up, are very good. Talk to my ministers. And that was three years ago. So in May 2019, we went to check it out for ourselves. You drive around and it's this real contrast between some of the most beautiful scenery in the world and, you know, real, real poverty. You and your boy doing some exploring. People with, with nothing to do, people who desperately want to work, waiting for their government to do something. There's white elephant sort of empty hotels scattered throughout the Caribbean that were where they raised all of this money a lot of people got citizenship, and then the hotels never got built. And that money's not necessarily going to the people. It's going to God knows who. And we went there. We went to the, to the site. Get out of here. This is still the road. This looks like a driveway. Mm-hmm. And we pulled up to go to the, the shrimp area. Oh. When we turned off the road, it was onto an overgrown, bumpy track. It was so narrow, we couldn't turn around. It certainly didn't look like the entrance to a thriving local industry. All right, you see the sign? Ah, here's the sign for it. Yep. Yeah. Okay, we get out and have a look. You know, we tramped through some pretty dense undergrowth, trying to duck and dive away from a couple of cows. The only two things going on at this site was a cow and a bull, and they were walking around. It's a empty field up in the mountains, overlooking the water. That's where the shrimp farm should have been. And it's not there. The shrimp farm hasn't happened. The driver, just the look on his face looking around this empty field, because he was there. He was there. He watched Keith Mitchell promise that this would be built. And there has been no explanation. No one knows where the money is. It's a good example of how citizenship by investment can have good intentions but bad outcomes. And because quite a few CBI schemes are loudly trumpeted and then come to nothing, it's one of the reasons the whole passport program has become controversial. A lot of projects, they get announced and never happen. Leo says he never paid the campaign contributions or what he describes as bribes. But there could have been many reasons. The one guy who knows for sure, Soren Daudi, the Swedish financier living in Canada with an office in the UAE, remember him? Well, he denies there's any money missing at all. I mean, little money was put into the ground. I know it was put into the ground because we sent the invoices to Soren to pay. Where's the rest? That's something the government of Grenada is trying to find out. It's launched an inquiry into the whole failed project. Leo and another colleague also claim that Soren told them before it all went wrong, he was offered a role as Grenada's ambassador to the UAE. Soren was talking with his attorney... And his attorney, who's very well connected with one of the ministers, convinced him that he could become an ambassador for the UAE from Grenada. 
an ambassadorship that would almost certainly come with a diplomatic passport. These people get them just uh, to try to do other deals, to uh, perhaps in their own mind have an umbrella of protection. He was like a little kid in a candy store. I mean, he was so excited. Soren Daoudi denies that offer was ever made and says he and Leo Ford have fallen out and Leo now has a vendetta against him. That dispute aside, Grenada does have an exclusive club of extremely wealthy ambassadors. They're businessmen with financial interests on the island, usually linked to luxury hotels and resorts. I should stress... We're not saying they've done anything wrong, but they don't fit with the original idea of who should be an ambassador, which is a homegrown citizen of that country and a full-time diplomat. And for the people of Grenada, they have reason to be skeptical about these passport sales. See, about 20 years ago, another businessman was made an ambassador to Grenada, and current Prime Minister Keith Mitchell was caught on camera, accepting a briefcase of cash from that same man. And to top it all off, it happened in a chalet in San Moritz, Switzerland, of all places. People are still talking about it. Mitchell lost his next election, but five years later came back into power, and now his government has total control of the parliament. And he admitted to taking the money. Well, kind of. He claimed that he accepted $15,000 for personal expenses, not the $500,000 that was alleged. Leo Ford's been doing business in the Caribbean for a long time, and he says that buying and selling diplomatic passports is a secret, just not a very well-kept one. First time I, uh, in the islands I had heard about this was, oh, Lord, probably 20, uh, 15 years or so ago. Then the price was 25000 Then it went to 50000 And then today, as I understand it, it's 250000 Unless you're hot, really hot, then the price will go to over a million. Hot as in what? Uh, uh, criminal activities, indictments. Regular passport sales. That's the gold level membership. In investigating that, I realized the platinum level membership is diplomatic passports. They don't want to stop it. It's a moneymaker. It's a moneymaker. And, and there have been so many problems with them around the world of nefarious characters. According to the Vienna Convention, if you are an accredited ambassador, you live tax-free in the country that you're appointed to, your home and your office can't be searched, your luggage can't be searched, the diplomatic bag can't be searched. Your diplomatic bag isn't a special-looking bag. It's whatever you declare your bag to be. So you can have a one of those pods you use to move and say, that's my diplomatic pouch and they can't search that pot. It's a really, like, you have a lot of power through the Vienna Convention. When you try to arrest somebody with a diplomatic passport, it's pretty tough. So imagine that you are the worst of the worst. Imagine you are someone involved in arms trafficking and money laundering, and you somehow managed to get yourself made an ambassador. Suddenly, you can fly around the world with a bag full of illegal money. You could possibly smuggle drugs or arms you can pretty well do what you want and in the country in which you're appointed, you would appear to have diplomatic immunity. You're a king of corruption. 
And in Dominica, there's one ambassador who behaved so badly that his antics have been immortalized in a Calypso song. This slightly strange oddity, My Dominica Trade House, which was supposed to promote trading relations between Malaysia and Dominica. It did not go as planned. And we've already told you about some of the biggest scandals in Grenada. This turned out to be one of the biggest scandals in Dominican history, also involving diplomatic passports. And the ambassador behind the deal, well, he's now sitting in prison in Iran. What we went through, it's like a dream. It's everything. You would, you would never believe something like this could even exist or would materialize in a lifetime. We'll have that in part two of Diplomats for Sale. This episode was produced by Amy Walters, sound mixed by TVC Soho, the social media producer, Natalia Aldana. The show's executive producer is Joe DeFrias. Al Jazeera's head of audio is Graylin Brashear. I'm Deborah Davis. And I'm Kevin Hurton. We have a sad postscript to this story. Since it first ran, Leo Ford has passed away. Hi, Malika here again. You can subscribe to this podcast everywhere you listen. Just search for Al Jazeera Investigates. There's a new series coming later in the spring, and you're not going to want to miss it. In the meantime, though, The Take will be back on Friday with part two of this first series, Diplomats for Sale. <laughs>